Thank you, Phil, and thank you, King Center. I really appreciate that. Um, but I just also want to say that King Center is an amazing people to lead because I've been thoroughly blessed by how people have just stepped out during this supposed interim time. Uh, but it hasn't felt at all like that because it just has felt that God has been with us and we've been growing and seeing him at work among us. So that's because we've all just said yes to him and we continue to say yes to him. So thank you back. Okay. All right. So um, today we are starting a new series, but just to refresh your mind, before we broke for the summer, we were doing a series, if you look at that, that would probably give you a bit of a clue. We were doing a series on fixing our eyes on Jesus. And we talked a lot about who Jesus was. Uh, we heard lots of different things about him. And I love this um, poster or banner because it, it does have so many different uh, names of who Jesus is. And it doesn't by half cover what the Bible has to say about Jesus. It's only uh, a, a few um, titles about who Jesus is. He's way more than this. And if you missed any of that series, uh, it, it's online. Do catch up on some of that and just refresh your minds a little bit about who Jesus is. And when, when we were doing that um, series, I can imagine some of us were, would be thinking, wow, who would not want to know this Jesus? Who would not want to walk with him? Who would not want to um, have him as a savior and a friend? Who would not want to do that? Who would not want to have him walk with them all of the time? And then we read in today's passage, and thank you, Naomi, for reading it for us so well, Jesus saying, but I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. And I perhaps want to just ask you to imagine this. If you heard on, the, on social media that for one night only, and just for one night only, Jesus was going to be appearing in a place called, you know the place where everything happens, Kathmandu? Yeah, Jesus was going to appear in Kathmandu for one night only. Just talk to the person next to you what you will do. Okay, by show of hands, how many people will buy the next available ticket to Kathmandu? Right. How many people will not go to Kathmandu? Right. Two people will not go. How many people are undecided? I need a friend to phone a friend. <laughs> okay. Some people need to phone a friend. Okay. Well, this was, I don't know whether this was a trick question, but I think those of you who did not put your hand up to go to Kathmandu are probably right. And the reason you're right is that Jesus said, you will hear it said, I am on the mountaintop. Come and meet me there. And I will not be there. It would not be true. Having said that, because you join in the spirit of my question, because that was it, is the spirit of the question, I, I want to say I would have gone to Kathmandu too. Because I would want to meet Jesus. Who would not want to see him face to face? But actually, Jesus on this occasion was telling us, I tell you the truth. 
And when he says things like that, when he says, truly, I tell you the truth, I tell you the truth, he's underlying something. He's saying, this is really, really, really important. I tell you the truth, he said. That means stop and take note of what I'm telling you. And then Jesus says, actually, it is to your advantage that I go away. Imagine if you were one of the... Um, disciples listening to that. You've walked with Jesus three and a half years. You've seen all the amazing miracles he's done. You've known his companionship. He's shown you so much about the Father. He's shown you a different way of living, a different kingdom way of living. He's turned your thinking upside down. He's challenged all the things you've held. And then he still says to you, actually, it's to your advantage that I go away. I think if it were me, I'll be saying, well, whoever this helper is that you're going to be sending, it better be good. Because what we've had has been amazing. And if you're going to send someone else that's different to you, he had better be amazing. And that's the truth. Our helper is amazing. If Jesus said he would send him instead of physical Jesus being here with us, you can be sure that Jesus had the best plan. The best plan of all. So in this new series, we're going to be exploring who the helper is. And the first thing I want to say is, it's not what the helper is, but who the helper is. Because the helper is a person. He is a person. He is the third person. They often call him the third person. And he doesn't mind being called the third person of the Trinity because he's humble through and through. He's part of the Godhead is being of one substance. He is the same substance with the Father and the Son. And as we say in the creed, together with the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and he's glorified. But every time you see the Holy Spirit, he's doing one thing all the time. He's pointing to someone else. Every time you think of the Holy Spirit, he's pointing. And who is he pointing to? He's pointing to Jesus. He's pointing to him all the time. We're going to be hearing about his nature over the next few weeks. We're going to hear people talk to us about different things, about the Holy Spirit that touches them in particular. We're going to hear about what he likes, what he doesn't like. We're hopefully going to learn about how we can draw close to him and be friends with him. We're going to learn about how he draws us into this deepening relationship with the Father and the Son. We're going to learn about how he turns us outwards to look at the world that the Father loves so much and how he wants to partner with us on this journey to help other people come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. So get, fasten your seatbelts. I think it's going to be an amazing, amazing journey uh, to really get to know the Holy Spirit. This person that Jesus said, it is advantageous that I go so that this person can come. So we said he's a person. We've talked about his nature. And I want to say that even for us as a church at King Center, the Holy Spirit has been such a part of our history, of our walk as a church. Now, some of you might remember this. Some of you might not if you're relatively new to us. But years and years ago in the mid-90s, late-90s, this was a place where many people in Sheffield and beyond will come 
was it a couple of times a week? I think we held those evening meetings and just come and encounter the person of the Holy Spirit. And this went on for those of you who are, I don't like to single poor Tony out, but he's the one with the grayest hair among us, so I might just ask him. How long was this for, do you remember? About a year, that people would come regularly in the evening. There would be lines waiting to come into the King Center and encounter the Holy Spirit. But he is still the same Holy Spirit. He has not, he has not diminished in his power. He has not diminished in his desire to encounter us. So that's part of our heritage as a King Center. And that's why you will find this is a place where we encourage people to listen to the Holy Spirit. And that's what happened this morning while we're doing worship. God was speaking to us. I believe he would have been speaking to you maybe about something in your life. And he might have been speaking to you for all of us. And Sue was brave enough to come out and share what the Holy Spirit was saying to her that was right for all of us. But you might be there and not have felt quite brave enough do still find Phil at some point this morning and share with him what you think the Holy Spirit might be saying. We really believe in the ministry of the Holy Spirit here at King's Center because it's part of our heritage. And his ministry to us is not only by words of knowledge and words of wisdom and the prophetic. His ministering to us is in lots of different ways as well. He ministers to us when we chat with one another. He ministers to us in the middle of the week when you've not got someone with you, and suddenly they come to mind. And God underlines that for you, and you pray for them. That's the Holy Spirit ministering to you. He ministers to you when you're out and about, and you're looking for a parking space. Has anybody ever encountered that? I have. He ministers to you there. He ministers to you when you're grappling with something. He's right there alongside you. I love the way that um, um, Jesus introduced him. Jesus introduced him as the helper. And I really want us to have a look at that because that's not something I regularly think about when I think about the Holy Spirit. My number one go-to image of the Holy Spirit, I have to say, is not of him as a helper. But that's what Jesus said. My number one image is probably, because I've been around charismatics for a long time, probably more like fire, you know, that kind of thing. Is it fire, yeah. Or, or maybe more like a dove, gentle and all that. But Jesus said, I will send you a helper. And the word he used for helper is paracletus, the helper. He will come to us as a helper. And the meaning of that word paracletus is the one who comes alongside. The one who comes alongside. Isn't that amazing? Because obviously Jesus, when he, the Bible talks about in Philippians 2, that Jesus humbled himself and took on human form and being found in form of a, of a, a human, he humbled himself even more and he humbled himself to the point of death. But the thing about all of that is that Jesus, because he took on human form, meant that there was a limitation he willingly took on because he wanted to see us redeemed and brought back to the Father. But it was a limitation no less. And the limitation was that Jesus could not be in all places at all times. 
if you wanted to see Jesus and you believed what you read on social media, you would buy the ticket, go to Kathmandu. But we would all have to go to Kathmandu. And I can imagine some of us will be disappointed because the tickets would have sold out. There'd be no tickets to get there. Not all of us will be able to make it. The best we could do is if someone was really generous, they could kind of FaceTime us and we could perhaps be seeing what was happening. That's the best that could happen. All of us could not make it to Kathmandu to see Jesus. But the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, the Helper, our Paracletus comes alongside us. And as he comes alongside me, he comes alongside you. And he comes alongside you. And he comes alongside you. He comes alongside every single one of us. He is able to because he is spirit. And spirit, the spirit of God is omnipresent everywhere. He can be everywhere at all times. So I can grow and develop my relationship and the depth of the the companionship that I have with the Holy Spirit, so can you, and so can you, and so can you. We are not limited because Jesus knew it was better for us to have the Spirit with each one of us than for him to be alone as a physical body, and we'll all have to find flights to Kathmandu. Why do they say Kathmandu? I'll never know, but there we go. So I want to just again, as, as Jesus introduced the person of the Holy Spirit and called him our helper. For me, I feel that that really does strike against the spirit of the age that is among, uh, in the world right now. And that's the spirit of independence. We all like to feel that we are okay. We can do this thing. We've got it sussed. This thing called life, it's okay. We can do it. The circumstances we're currently facing, we're fine. We can handle it. But Jesus says, no, you need the helper beside you. And that's the, that's the um, it's both an invitation and it's a gift that Jesus gives to all of us. Whether you are having to bring up a really challenging child, you have the paracletus with you whether you're facing bullying in the workplace or in the playground, you have the helper with you. Whether you're going through an amazing relationship where you're really happy, you're really excited about it, you have the paracletus with you to share your joy with you. Whether you're the opposite, you're going through a really challenging situation in the workplace, relationship with other colleagues at work, you have the paracletus with you. Whether you're going through a season of deep loneliness, you have the paracletus with you. Whether it is going through a time of serious illness, you have the paracletus with you. Whether you're going through a time where everything looks so dark and formidable, you have the paracletus with you. That's what Jesus wanted us to know. He wanted us to know that we have a helper who is with us all the time. And the amazing thing is, he doesn't sleep and he doesn't slumber. He never sleeps. He doesn't need a nap. I need a nap lots of times in the afternoon. He does not ever need a nap. You have your paracletus with you. 
And what Jesus said again in, in verse 7 is that I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. And I want to just underline that again. That's one thing that God wants for us. As we learn to journey with our paracletus, who is never, ever away from us, he wants us to know that it is for close fellowship. And I just want to encourage us with that because some of us really do get that the paracletus is with us. And we can tell stories. If I said to you, just, you know, have a moment and think about your journey and how the paracletus has been with you. I'm sure you can turn to something. In fact, let's just do that now. Let's just do that now. Just have a moment and think. In all those circumstances I've talked about and others beside, in the last month, when have you noticed and experienced your paracletus, your helper with you? Just give you a moment to think or to call that to memory, to remember. And maybe turn to that person you talked to earlier on and just remind them, and just share with them. And you only have a minute each, so not a long story. So it's two minutes, one minute each, and I'll tell you when it's time to change, to turn around, uh, change over, okay? Okay, change over time. Excellent. That's really great. I'm really, yeah, it's really great to hear us chatting and sharing stories of the paracletus having been with us and talked to us and helped us out. And let's just keep those stories going over this time that we're doing this series, sharing when we, or even just making notes. I mean, for me, I find that I forget unless I write these things down sometimes uh, because he's, it's amazing when you, when you see what Jesus, what the Holy Spirit does when you walk with him, but sometimes we forget. I, I confess, I forget. And writing these things down is a really good thing, or sharing with someone else sometimes just underlines it for me when I do that. So I want to encourage us to do that. And for some of us, it might be that right now you're feeling, Nikke, actually, I don't feel, I just don't feel that sense of my helper coming alongside me, being alongside me right now. And I do know that for some of us, when we're on that journey, uh, sometimes we feel that we're what, what Christians like to term, we're like in a kind of desert situation where it just feels like things are dry and parched and we just can't feel the sense of God being with us, of the Holy Spirit walking with us. We feel sometimes we're alone. The first thing I want to say is this. We, we sang earlier on today that there are sometimes that these are lies of the enemy it's, there's no truth whatsoever in it. Whatso, you know, there is no truth. He is with you. That cannot change because Jesus just said it. Jesus said, we just read what Jesus said. I will, when I go away, and we know he's gone. So we know he's not here anymore. Uh, we know he's ascended to heaven. He says, I will send the helper. So we have our helper with us. So even when we don't feel that, when we don't sense it, when we don't think it, the truth is our helper is with us. But for some of us, we really go through that season where we, we've done everything we can. We, we've, we've spoken the word. We've had people pray with us. We've, 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 I know, every morning you wake up, you've made the declaration, my helper is with me. And somehow it just doesn't seem to shift. 
I want to encourage those who are feeling that way because sometimes we go through those seasons in our lives. It is no less, I promise you, the helper has not gone anywhere. He's still right there with you because God's word cannot change. Jesus said he's sending the paracletus. The paracletus has come. Our helper has come. What sometimes happens is that it feels that way to us, maybe because we're going through challenging situations. And some of us, I think one of two things we might need to do. One is just keep the faith. Keep the truth of that word to yourself, that it is true the paracletus is with me. I don't feel him. I don't sense him. I don't think he's there. I'm just going to stand on the word of God that that is the truth. And as time goes on, you will find that circumstances and your feelings will line up with that. The second thing for some of us is that actually, some of the times we go through that, it is because God wants to take us into a deeper um, relationship, a deeper connection with the Holy Spirit. And it's nearly like when kids play hide and seek. And I'm not saying that God is kind of like playing hide and seek with us. It's not to tease us but it's to help us to go after him. It's to help us to sharpen our hunger for him as we say, Lord, I want to just pursue you. I just don't know where you are. I don't feel you. I don't sense you. I want to know where you are. And you go after him. Um, When that has happened in my life, sometimes I've done that by spending, maybe committing myself to times of fasting, with fasting and spending time fasting and saying, Lord, I need you. Or just even times when I I just take the day out and just say, I I can't feel you, God. I don't know where you are, but I'm just going to worship nevertheless. And you make a choice to worship. And as you do those things, uh, it's not that God is away from you. He is with you. What you find is your ability to connect with him is sharpened. Does that make sense? So God isn't there to tease us. He's not there to, to, um, to make life hard for us. He's there because there's a depth sometimes that we come to because we choose to pursue him harder. If you're in that place right now, I want to really encourage you. First, Paracletus has not left you. He has not left you. Indeed, he cannot leave you. Because Jesus has given his word and the Holy Spirit is just every bit as dependable as Jesus is. And second, you just pursue him. You stand in the word and you pursue after him. As we continue to read that passage that Naomi read to us, um, we talked, we've talked about the close fellowship with him and that's kind of what we've been talking about just now. But it's interesting that you find from verse 8 there is a shift, as it were, in what Jesus begins to tell us about the Holy Spirit. Because he says, when he comes, he will convict the world. And suddenly, we're not talking about ourselves now. We're turning and looking at the world. He will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of the coming judgment. And that's the other thing I want us to recognize about this helper that we have. He is still on God's mission. The helper is still on God's mission. So as much as he loves to spend time with us, as much as he wants to help us, he also wants to help us continue the mission that Jesus started. And um, I just want to, I'm sure in the course of this series, other people will probably want to speak about this, but I just want to just mention one thing about this, and that is that in our day and age, the notion of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment feels slightly what are you talking about? In this postmodern world, who talks about sin? 
Who talks about the concept of sin? People would rather talk about shame or guilt, but not sin. Who talks about righteousness? What is righteousness? When was the last time outside of church you heard the word righteousness? People just don't have those concepts anymore. Or what is judgment? Oh, goodness, that's kind of like a bad word. You don't say judgment because you don't judge people and all that and all that. And to an extent, I can see how society has moved in that direction. But again, I want to just say to you that Jesus said, this is what the Holy Spirit will do. So the rest of the world might have moved away. We might be a little bit frightened to talk about sin to our friends. That's okay, because that's not our job. It's the Holy Spirit who convicts people of sin, of righteousness, and of the judgment. What we need to do is to introduce them the good news of Jesus, and that Jesus has come and has reconciled. We are now reconciled with God. You will leave the Holy Spirit's job to him, and you do your bit. Does that make sense? So even though the world doesn't value those words anymore, the Holy Spirit still does what he's doing. And you will find that when people finally come to a relationship with Jesus, there's something in their heart that begins to recognize if sin means falling short of a mark, which is what sin means, it's falling short of a mark. Holy Spirit is really good at helping people who don't yet know Jesus to recognize that. We just do our bit, share the good news of Jesus, and let the Holy Spirit do what, he, do, do what he's really good at doing. So that's an encouragement to us not to think that the Holy Spirit won't do what he's meant to do. He will convict people of righteousness, and he will convict them of judgment. And the judgment is actually because the prince of this world, which is the devil, has been judged. That's great news. He has actually been judged. We're not waiting for that judgment to come. He's now judged. That's great news. And I'm sure other people will kind of explore that a little bit more. But I just want us to be aware that he is still in the business of helping people see their sin. Don't do that job for the Holy Spirit because we're not good at doing that job. We will come across totally judgmental if we try to do it. But the Holy Spirit is really good at doing it. Let's let him do his own job. And then... Jesus talked about, in in verses 13 and 14, he talked about some of the things that the Holy Spirit will do. He will guide us into truth. He will speak. He will glorify Jesus. He will disclose things to us. So those are some of the things that the Holy Spirit will do. And that shows us that the Holy Spirit is not passive. He's active. He's active among us. What we just need to do is to link up and listen to him. He will speak to us. And again, there is so much that will be unpacked in the coming series. I'm not at all going to pretend that we can unpack all of that in one morning. But what I do want to say is that be aware of the activity of the Holy Spirit because he is not passive, he is active. He will be guiding, not pushing, not pulling, but guiding. And that's some of the ways you know whether it's the Holy Spirit speaking or not. If it feels like you're being pushed into something, that's probably not the Holy Spirit. If it's been that you're being pulled into something, that's probably not the Holy Spirit. But if you're guiding, there's a gentleness about the word guiding that you find with the Holy Spirit. There's a gentleness about his activity. He is active, but not passive. And anything the Holy Spirit says will always line up 
with what Jesus has already said. There will be no discord with that. The Holy Spirit cannot tell you to leave your spouse and marry somebody else. That can never be the Holy Spirit. How do we know that? Because Jesus said that God hates divorce and God wants people to love one another and to work those things through. He can't tell you to go and marry someone else while you're still married. Does that make sense? I hope I've made that right. Yeah? So you cannot be married to someone and the Holy Spirit will be telling you, leave your wife and marry X. That's not the Spirit of God. I'm not talking about when relationships break down. That's not what I've just said. I've just said, because I have heard people say that before. God is saying to me, leave this person. Who am I married to? Go marry someone else. That is not... We can tell you for free that's not the Holy Spirit because it doesn't line up with the Word of God. Okay? I know it sounds a bit funny, but I have heard it. And yeah. So, so whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do will always line up with what Jesus has said. So I just want to finish by saying the good news for us all is we are not alone. We are not alone. The Holy Spirit, our helper, our paracletus is with us. We are not alone. He's alongside us. That's great news for each one of us. Whatever we're going through, in the joys of life, we are not alone. There's someone who wants to share those joys with us. In the hardships of life, we're not alone. And even when life seems to be just all right, we are not alone. There's someone in the Godhead who is the one that has been called to walk alongside us. And if there is chaos or disorder in your life right now, there's someone who wants to bring order to it. Time hasn't permitted me to go into the creation story because I promised Phil that I was going to give my shortest sermon ever. And I think I might just have failed, but I'm not sure. (laughs) Okay. So, um, yeah, let's pray. Let's pray together. Father, we just want to thank you so much that you've got this all planned for us. I want to thank you that you, in your awesome plan of redemption, you knew that when Jesus was going to go, we would be bereft. And you left the Holy Spirit. You you sent him to come and be among us, to walk with us. We're so grateful to you, Holy Spirit, that you walk alongside us. You are our paracletus, the one who is sent to walk alongside. We want to say we want, to, we want that relationship between you and us to deepen. We open our hearts wide and say, would you deepen that relationship that we would really know that we know that you are with us all of the time, 24-7. And maybe there might be someone here today, Lord, who just feels that there is just that distance between you and them. First, we say that we want to stand and believe your truth, the truth of your word, word, that you are our paracletus, you are alongside. You haven't shifted, you haven't moved, you're alongside. And where our emotions have not lined up, would you line them up for us today? And where this is an invitation into deeper relationship with you, would you help us to pursue you hard and go after you? Where we show you, Lord, that nothing matters, nothing that we want more but you. 
Amen.